0: everybody welcome to another oh wait it's my microphone wait shit wait it's, it's fuck I gotta put my microphone down for a second wait. okay there we go hello everybody well, sorry. <laughs> welcome everybody to another episode of the newly made podcast I am your host the Keith Beister and before we go any further I just want to uh you know, uh, pay tribute and also take this time to acknowledge and remember one of the most influential figures throughout the twentieth century. But not only that, also um, you know, talk about one of my uh, personal influences or somebody who turned into one of my personal influences. You know, and that guy is Muhammad Ali. You know, if anyone who doesn't know Muhammad Ali, honestly, everyone should know who Muhammad Ali is at this point. But if you don't, then I'll just give a quick rundown. Muhammad Ali is, you know, dubbed as the greatest of all time. Not only as as a boxer, but as a human being, right? He is uh, one of the most influential figures throughout the 20th century, and for good reason when you look at his background and his story and all the things that he's fought for and all the things that he's, that he's accomplished there truly has never really been a lot of human beings that you know that have done what he has done in the way that he's done it you know you know somebody coming you know a guy coming from Louisville, Kentucky, you know, and just you know the trials and tribulations that uh he had to fight through and his religious beliefs and ideas that he had to fight for, you know, because that is what represented what he called his freedom, you know, and just and because of that, he continues to be a huge influence of mine and somebody who inspires me not only to, uh, you know, do good, but, you know, to also do good by others, you know. And, you know, because Muhammad Ali, you know, originally his birth name was Cassius Clay for the longest period of time. People called him by uh, what he called his slave name, which was Cassius Clay, you know. And, you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, was a heavyweight boxer who was so phenomenal, there truly wasn't anyone like him during his time, you know, because I'll kind of give like a quick history of at least what I've learned and what I've, you know, done research about, you know, so his his poems, you know, his poetry, his skill set, his mentality, there truly wasn't nobody like Muhammad Ali during his time, you know. And, you know, the level of competition that he fought through, you know, when, uh, especially when he won the heavyweight world title against, uh, Sonny Liston, who was known as one of the craziest hard hitters and like just one of the craziest guys ever to step foot in a boxing ring, you know, Sonny Liston won the championship because he made quick work of another all-time great known as Floyd Patterson, who, uh whose coach was the legendary customato who later would go on to take in Mike Tyson and uh train him. You know. But anyway, you know, so Muhammad it all started with Muhammad Ali winning the heavyweight championship, you know. He wins the heavyweight championship, you know, and then he uh he decides to become a Muslim. Right which was his right, and him becoming a Muslim caused a lot of controversy not only in the media but in just the culture in general, because there was a lot of individuals who refused to call him by his name, which was Muhammad Ali instead they continued to call him by they continued to call him a name that uh, he Refuse to acknowledge, you know, because in the history of African Americans, you know, in the history of my antecedents, antecedents, you know, you know, as somebody who derives from black heritage, you know, um, our people were suppressed, oppressed, and we were ma- and they were made slaves, for hundreds and hundreds of years. You know, so a lot of the names that, you know, black people walked around with at that time, like Taylor or things like that, you know, they were names that uh, were passed down generation to generation from the slave master, who was the person who would give them the names when they were brought over from Africa to uh, America, you know, and... Because of Muhammad Ali's religious beliefs, you know, he refused to be acknowledged by a slave name because he was not a slave. He was a human being. He was an individual who uh, represented freedom, you know, and he was a free individual, you know, and the media and everybody, you know, they uh, refused. Howard Cosell who was a legendary reporter and sports commentator who went on to be great friends with Muhammad Ali over the years was the only one who acknowledged him as Muhammad Ali you know which strengthened their relationship for the years to come you know and even athletes refused to call him Muhammad Ali you know and that was one of the first challenges one of the very first challenges he ever faced was, you know, him winning the gold medal, which I'll I'll get into in a minute. Let's wait some... Okay... Oh, Mike texted me. Anyway, you no, know, he sorry about that. I shouldn't have done that. You know, and Ernie Terrell who was one of the athletes that he fought, you know, was also an athlete who refused to call him by his name Muhammad Ali. You know, he called him Cassius Clay to antagonize him. You know, and, and to make him angry, which was the biggest mistake ever. You know, and when Their belt was set, and Muhammad Ali faced him for rounds. You know, Muhammad Ali tortured him. He tormented him. He just broke him down psychologically, you know. Muhammad Ali, like, one of the greatest things Muhammad Ali ever said to him was, What's my name? You know, as he kept beating him into a pulp, he just kept saying, What's my name? What's my name? You know, and he beat Terrell until he respected him. And he beat him until, you know, he called him Muhammad Ali, you know. By the time he called him Muhammad Ali, the fight was over. And Muhammad Ali had just smashed the ever-living shit out of him. You know. So, Muhammad Ali continued, you know, to dominate the heavyweight division. Being fast, being pretty, and just being unstoppable. You know, and then all that shit with the Vietnam War, you know. Because the Vietnam War was a really controversial part of history, you know, during the uh, late 1960s and early 1970s, right? Just because it was an unjust war and then a lot of the political stuff that was going behind the scenes, I'll have to do more research on it before I go more in depth, but there was a lot of bullshit behind the Vietnam War and a lot of unjust things that were happening within the Vietnam war itself, you know. So Muhammad Ali was called up to fight in the Vietnam war and Muhammad Ali was like, "Wait a minute. I'm not fighting in the Vietnam war. Why should I go off to fight in an unjust war for a country you know that hates me for a country that has shown that it doesn't want me here for a country that you know, treats me disrespectfully and exposes me to racial bigotry and just unfair treatment because of my skin color, you know. And, of course, the United States government's uh, reaction to that was, you know, telling him if he doesn't fight, then he's going to jail right, and essentially, you know, that's what happened, for three, they, uh, they took his title unjustly from him, you know, because he refused to fight in a war that he believed to be unjust, you know, and they viciously took his title from him unjustly, you know, and he couldn't fight anywhere in the world for three years, you know, for three years, they basically had him under house arrest, you know, and within those three years, you know, he was a beacon. He became a beacon of hope, you know. He he stood up for what was right. You know, he continued to fight for his rights. You know, he continued to fight for his right to choose, for his right to believe, to what he wants to believe in. You know, and for three years, he continued to do that until 1970 when... Finally, uh, he was given a license to come back and fight. You know, and I think his first fight back was against a guy named Jerry Quarry. You know, who was a really good fighter, and then he fought uh, George Chavalo, who was uh, a very unique individual, and another individual who was also a really uh, influential figure to me. You know. Just because George Shavella was not only was he from Canada, but he was a really significant figure in the world of boxing, especially in Canada. You know, and Muhammad Ali basically had to work his way up. You know, Muhammad Ali was finally able to fight. You know, and by that time, Joe Frazier was the champion. You know, and in Ali's mind, in Muhammad Ali's mind, you know nobody beat him for the title, you know, so in his mind, he thought that, he didn't think that Joe Frazier was undeserving of the title, he just didn't believe that Joe Frazier was the true champ, you know, because he took the title from somebody who didn't take it from him, basically, you know, because he was stripped of his title unjustly, so one of the greatest fights ever to happen in the history of boxing took place, you know, Joe Frazier versus Muhammad Ali, the fight of the century. I can't remember if it was in Madison Square Garden or not. I'm if I remember correctly it was, but if I'm wrong then I'll then I'll do research and correct that. But and for 15 rounds, you know, it was just non-stop action. You know, Muhammad Ali fighting viciously because he wanted his what was rightfully his. And then unfortunately, I think in the 15th round, Joe Frazier just he got him with that signature bunny hop hook that just unfortunately put ollie on the canvas which arguably altered the scoring decision and which many people believe is what gave frazier that fight you know but ollie didn't give up you know he said you know what i just have to start all over again right so goes back to training, right? Meanwhile, as he's training, you know, he's becoming a more popular figure in um, in the media. He's becoming a popular figure worldwide, you know, because he was somebody who represented a level of freedom that, you know, that uh, many people didn't have because of the oppression and a lot of the horrible stuff that was going on. You know, in the United States government during that period of time. You know. And he continued to train. He continued to be the best version of himself. You know, and he fought through Ken Norton. Who ultimately broke his jaw. But Ollie kept fighting with a broken jaw. Unfortunately, he lost that fight. But then he rematched him and won by split decision. You know. And then he beat then he beat Joe Frazier second time around you know but the circumstances changed you know Joe Frazier was no longer the champion because he lost his belt during the sunshine showdown which was a a boxing match between Joe Frazier and George Foreman if, if nobody knows who George Foreman is he is arguably the scariest motherfucker to ever put on a pair of gloves he was just unstoppable man people thought mike tyson was vicious no 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 mike tyson was vicious right he was vicious and he was scary but george foreman physically and mentally just drained the soul out of your body you know he just had the look of death in his eyes You know, and he was just such a scary power puncher. And he just, every time he hit you, it was like. Every every time he hit you, man, it was like. Running full speed at a brick wall. And then a piano falling on you right afterwards. You know, like that's just. That's how vicious it was, bro. (laughs) like that. That's how vicious it was. And, uh. You know, so. Muhammad Ali beat Joe Frazier, in a by decision, in fifteen rounds, and uh, which ultimately meant that Ali was the top contender to face George Foreman. You know, to take the title back, to take his title back. You know, and nobody gave Ali a chance to win that fight because, you know, George Foreman destroyed Ken Norton. He floored joe frazier i think six or seven times and like what was it like six or seven rounds or something like that you know like he was just foreman was just destroying everybody you know and nobody gave ollie a chance you know but then the fight took place in africa you know on ollie's home turf <laughs> which was just absolutely brilliant you know and just the whole entire world was behind him, bro. The whole entire continent was behind him, the entire world was behind him, you know, because Muhammad Ali was, and always will be the people's champ, you know he's will always be the one that people look up to, and the reason why is because, like I keep saying, he's a beacon of hope, and he is somebody who continues to inspire millions of people, even as the years go on. You know, and <sighs> sorry, I just need a minute. Sometimes when I just talk about Ollie, sometimes I like, I start crying a little bit just because he's just he he just truly is just such a an such a wonderful human being, and he is. He's just such an amazing individual, man. And I feel extremely privileged that I live in the time that I do because in a way, you know, he paved the way for where me and future generations of people are at now. You know, because if it wasn't for his sacrifices and and a lot of the things that he stopped to fight for, you know, things would be a lot different now. Than it is now, right? No, so the stage is set, right? The rumble in the jungle. George Foreman versus Muhammad Ali. Nobody gave him a chance, you know? Everyone was saying that George Foreman was going to kill Ali. And everyone was fearing for Ali's death, you know, because, because uh, you know, Kent Ali went 15 rounds with Ken Norton twice, he went 15 rounds with Joe Frazier twice right, and Foreman floored those two within like two rounds you know, like mind you, Frazier kept getting back up and then he kept getting knocked down again just because Frazier was just that powerful but yeah, you get the point right and oh what was it? Muhammad Ali had like one of the one of the think like his his poetry, right? He would write po poems about beating his opponents, right? Like that was his psychological warfare into getting into their heads and shit, right? And just the, he the shit that he kept saying, to Foreman, like to infuriate him, man. Like it was just beautiful. I think one of the press conferences, and this one was one of my all time favorite Muhammad Ali moments. It was like his poet. A, a po poem that he wrote for Fraser, you know, I meant for a Foreman. And what did he say again? He's like, he's like, yeah, I've been chopping trees. I've done something new for this fight. He's like, I've wrestled with an alligator, and everyone's like, what? And he's like, that's right. I've wrestled with an alligator. I've tussled with a whale. I don't handcuff lightning, throw thunder in jail, right? And everyone's like, what? Right, I'm just me, like my, my five-year-old brain. I'm just sitting there, like, dude, and he's like, mm, "That's bad." He's like, "Last week I murdered a rock, I injured a stone, and I hospitalized a brick. I'm so mean. I make medicine sick." Right? He's like, "Bad." He's like, "So fast." He's like, "Man, I'm so fast. I turned the light switch off and was in the bed before the room was dark." And I was just like, "Oh, dude, like it just hyped me up, bro," and like. And, like, fuck, it was just amazing, right? And then, of course, right? He's like, he's like, Foreman, all you chumps, all you are gonna bow when I whoop him. I know you've got him. I know you've got him picked, but the man's in trouble, and I'm gonna show all of you how great I am, right? And it was just, people couldn't believe it, like, they're like, this man has no chance of winning the fight, but he is just talking so much shit to Foreman and just infuriating him, like, people just got absolutely scared, man, and then... The fight happened, and then for eight rounds, Ollie was laying on the ropes, letting Foreman tucker himself out. And then near the end of the eighth round, one of the greatest knockouts ever. You know, Foreman—he's getting tired. He keeps slipping his punches, and then Ollie sneaks in, and he just hits him with a with a left, right, left, right, and then he just he just floors him. And then Foreman goes down, and everyone just couldn't believe it. People were just shocked, you know. People were just so shocked, man. And it was just like, oh my God. And then they counted Foreman out, and then Ollie won his title back. You know, and continued to defend his title throughout the years to come. You know, with the thrill in Manila, the fight with Ernie Shavers, you know, and he just. And he continued to be an influential human being, even after the rumble in the jungle, you know, And just thinking about like all the shit that he's gone through, right, going back to the gold medal, right when all he was 18 years old, you know, he won the gold medal for the USA, right, and he came back to his hometown, and he couldn't even eat in a restaurant at his hometown, you know, and the reason why was because he was black. You know, Ollie thought, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a gold medal champion, you know, I'm I'm a champion of the world, you know, he's like, I can go anywhere now and you know, he goes in there, right, and the lady tells him, We don't serve Negroes right and then Ollie just looks at her, right? And he's just like, Well, I don't eat eat 'em either. I just want some hot dogs and like a cup of coffee or like whatever he if I remember correctly what he said. Right? And yeah, he got kicked out and then he threw his gold medal into the river. You know, and essentially that was one of the things that started his, uh, you know, that's what started his passion, you know, for civil rights and, you know, and for fighting for what he believed was freedom. Fuck, man, just thinking about all these poems, too, just like makes me like, it just makes me, it gets me hyped. Like after the Foreman uh, fight, you know, Ollie's like, it wasn't a close fight, was it? No one's like, oh no, you, you made pretty easy work. And they're like, Ollie, what happened? And then in typical Ollie fashion, he's just like, I told you, I'm going to float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. His hands can't hit what his eyes can't see. So that's what happened. And then I was just like, oh, it just like, I just kept getting hyped up, man. Like, Muhammad Ali had the best poems, man, and like I said, he was just such an inspiring individual, you know, I could go on and on about this forever, you know, there's definitely a lot of things that, you know, I missed out about his career, you know, but I just wanted to give kind of a 24 minutes, holy shit, I just kind of wanted to give a little tribute, but not only that, but, uh, you know, acknowledge him, you know, because unfortunately uh, he's passed on now, and wherever he is, I'm hoping that uh, he's resting well, and, you know, I hope he's comfortable, but not only that, I hope that he's staying colorful, you know, because no matter where Ollie is, man, he's going to continue to flow like a butterfly and sting like a bee, you know, rest in peace champ. Yeah, so I just want to give a little uh, shout out to uh, Muhammad Ali, aka the greatest of all time, because in my mind, and I hope, and hopefully in everybody else's mind, he is the greatest of all time. <sighs> but yeah, so um. Yeah, I was trying to get some other people on uh, this episode today, but uh, friend Mike is too busy talking to his girlfriend on the phone. She couldn't come on because she was too busy doing her makeup. Right, like that's going to help. If you listen to this, Mike, I'm sorry, that slipped out. <laughs> Honestly, bro, if it makes you feel any better, she's a lot more prettier than I am. So if that makes you feel any better, then, you know, like, yeah fuck, maybe, maybe she's got the right idea, maybe I need makeup, shit, but, <laughs> I know he's probably going to be pissed if he watches this and he hears that, that's actually hilarious, but, uh <laughs> yeah, I tried getting him on, but, yeah, he didn't want to come on, and then, uh feel the blaze, he uh couldn't come on either, because uh, he said he just wasn't feeling it, and then, Actually I'm gonna see if I can get Caden on maybe. I uh, I hope that uh I hope that I can uh get him on. if I can get him on that'll actually be uh interesting. Here we go. Let's say hi, and then add a flag. Oh wait, no, I can't get him on. Never mind. Shit, I have to wait till uh. <laughs> Fuck, I can't believe I said that, that's so mean I actually feel bad now Even when I'm joking around, I still feel bad about shit I don't know why, just instinctively That's just the way I feel about things sometimes You know But, uh, yeah, this new microphone, um I actually just recently bought, um, just 'cause cause my old headset Um, Dayton and them been telling me that, uh kind of affects the audio quality a little bit, so I decided to uh, buy a better uh, headset, one with a microphone, so I'm able to actually talk properly. Hopefully, uh, it's a big difference when I uh, publish this episode, hopefully, or at least that's what I'm yeah hoping for. It's pretty good, it's like a pair of A10s or something like that, it was like 60-something bucks. And the dude at the store was telling me it was one of the best pairs to get in terms of sound quality. So they got a two year warranty on it. So if something happens to him in two years, I can just send him back and get a new pair for free, which is sick. Sometimes warranties can be a rip off, but other times it's best to get them. Especially if it's like a really good pair that lasts you a while, and then it they break over like stupid shit. <clears throat> don't you ever? Did you ever hate that? Like when you have like something so cool that you just buy, and then it just breaks. Like some stupid shit happens, which causes it to break, and then you're just sitting there like, dude. Because I know, I know. Um, when it comes to possessions, and you know. I find one of the biggest problems in our country is how people can be a little too materialistic at times. I will have to say, though, it does suck when, like, you work for something and you buy something cool just because you want to just, like, spoil spoil yourself for, like, you know, and then it just breaks and then you're just like, wow, (laughs) I've had that happen to me so many times, it just sucks. That's actually, like, it's doggy doo-doo, man. It's absolute doggy doo-doo, bro. Oh, and then another thing that's uh, doggy doo-doo is the uh, football season just started. I'm not going to lie. I'm not really that big of a fan of football, but uh, I'm not going to lie. I have kept track of it at times. B- Buccaneer, Tampa Bay Buccaneers or something like that were the winners of the Super Bowl which just pissed everybody off. You know, because Tom Brady once again taking another Super Bowl ring. You know. I swear, man, if you were to give Tom Brady a, a really shitty team, man, he wouldn't be winning nothing. Reason why he's got, like, I'll acknowledge, okay, I'll acknowledge, you know, as an athlete, You know, him as an athlete and him as a quarterback. He arguably, I will admit it, he is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Like, hands down. Like, he is skillful. Like, he really is skilled as a quarterback. You know, and I do have a lot of respect for him in that regard. You know, but ever since the deflating game ball incident, I think he's he's lost a lot of credibility especially with me, you know, because even though I don't really keep track of football all the time, there are times where, you know, I do follow certain players, like Patrick Mahomes, for instance, <clears throat> you know, all these jerk-offs after he lost to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, right, all these jerk-offs are like, after he loses, nobody, and I mean nobody, should say He's a great quarterback. And it's just like, give the guy a break. It's like his second season in in the football league. <laughs> you know, the dude's like not, he hasn't even been in the league for like four seasons yet. So it's like, you know. And the dude already won one Super Bowl within like two or three seasons in the league. So it's like, I think he's pretty good. You know, I think he's pretty freaking good. Shit, I don't know what happened there, but, um, yeah, I th- I think he's really good, you know, like, dude's phenomenal, bro, the dude is absolutely phenomenal, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man, they had such a shitty team, but then Tom Brady and some of his goons came to that team, and they just surrounded him with nothing but all-star defensemen, and, all-star receivers, and just, like, they they basically just made it so then that way the guy can retire while still winning, and it's just, like, it's lame, you know. And it it's absolutely just atrocious. I've still got, I still got hope for my boy Aaron Rodgers, you know, because just because Aaron Rodgers, he's, uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is pretty good, too. I think he's a really phenomenal quarterback. And then, uh then the NBA. Oh my God! Actually, speaking of the NBA, there's this tenacious D. You know, I I heard a parody song that they made for uh, Black Sabbath's uh, "Heaven and Hell," which was a really famous song that was made when uh, Ronnie James Dio was the front man for the band. Fuck. I wish I could have been alive to, like, see that album when it first came out, because that would have been, like, awesome. Ronnie James Dio with fucking Tony Iommi and Bill Ward and Geezer Butler, dude, that is just, oh, fuck, man, so much, so many great bands, man, it's not the same now, it really isn't, but... Yeah, and they're just like playing like an acoustic version, and like how'd the parody go? Jack Black just nailed it. But <laughs> along the, along along the lines, he was saying the devil is coaching the Lakers or some shit like that. It just made me laugh because I was like, that sounds about right. Fuck. Speaking of Lakers. I'm, you know, LeBron's been there for like four seasons now, and I'm not going to lie, I'm still in shock that he's there. I mean, I shouldn't be, because, you know, majority of players, like, go to the Lakers now, go there really for Hollywood, and some time to chip, depending on what the situation is. Which, Space Jam 2 sucked, by the way, I don't recommend it. Sorry, LeBron. I'm a big fan of yours, but that movie (laughs) sucks. Not even a Michael Jordan cameo could fix... Not only a Michael Jordan cameo... Could change how shitty that movie is, bro. Still, though, I mean, like... As an actor, like, I think LeBron James, regardless, is actually a pretty good actor. Like, his acting in that movie was, was actually pretty good. It's just why Space Jam too. Oh, I know why because it's it's the modern day Jordan. Just kidding, just kidding though. No. <laughs> no man, honestly, dude. People like to rag on LeBron. <laughs> I was about to say the Ball James for some reason. That's funny. But yeah, a lot of people like to rag on LeBron James a lot, but. The truth is, man, like, people should just leave the guy alone, okay, because, like, he's, he's been phenomenal since day one, you know, and nobody, and I mean nobody, besides from maybe guys like Jordan, even at times, even Jordan, there's a lot of stuff LeBron has done that even Jordan couldn't do, so it's like, you know, where do you draw the line, you know? Personally, the only way you you can compare them, right, is if you were to put Jordan in LeBron's era, I don't care what anybody says, if you were to put Jordan in LeBron's era, Jordan wouldn't be as dominant. If you were to put LeBron in Jordan's era, you know, LeBron wouldn't be as dominant, you know, just because there's just a rule shift, right? The balance of nature shifts as the years go on, rules change. Right, the skill level changes, the play style changes. Right, you know, like I, some I like watch like sports. Sometimes I'll hear like things like sports commentators saying, "Oh yeah, Jordan, he would average about fifty in today's game." It's just like shh, the, he is fifty. Give me a break! Like <laughs> he is fifty in today's a, day and age. That's the only fifty he's gonna get. Right in this day and age, you know. If you were to say back then, I'd believe you, you know, because Jordan damn near did average almost fifty points a game at one point in time, during his career, you know. But it's just like Jordan would be fouled out of the game instantly because flying around the air with his tongue out and shit and doing all that greasy shit that he used to do, like he'd be, he'd be ejected out of the game so fast, man. Like it's just 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 no way. There's just no way, you know. Jordan, the only way you can break it down is Jordan was the best in his era, and LeBron James is was the best in his era, you know. I really want to say Kobe Bryant was the best, though. I generally actually want to say, I, I, between LeBron and Kobe, I believe Kobe is the best, hands down. Just because nobody had a worth ethic like Kobe did. Especially in, like, that day and age of basketball. Right? Like, just... Fuck, man. I miss Kobe, too. Such a weird time we live in, bro. This is actually such a weird time, man. So much weird shit has been happening, bro. It's, like, it's weird. Like the 2020s is gonna be, it's gonna be an interesting decade. I mean, it already is because like all the shit that's been going on already. But it is a fucking weird, interesting decade, man. it's just like the like the American badass. It just keeps rolling, 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 rolling. <laughs> Fuck. That's funny. Fuck, this lemonade's good shit. It's fucking great, man. (laughs) Actually, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna play a little song to kind of... See here, this is kind of random, but I think you guys will like it. I think you guys will like it. Sometimes I like to uh, play guitar just in case because if anyone likes to uh, fall asleep to this podcast then uh, you know I like to have moments of uh, calmness All right. sucks. I'm just going to stop that. still needs an improvement but yeah <sighs> a little something you know some people are probably gonna be like oh my god that's garbage my ears are bleeding now <laughs> speaking of ears bleeding nick diaz versus robbie laura bro they uh canceled it the fight was originally going to be on september 11th you know, but then they decided because uh, they wanted to make, no, you know, September 11th the day to remember, you know, during the 9-11 terrorist attacks, right? Which kind of makes you think, why well, even set it to that date and then wait for that date to come up and then move it? It's like, it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. But it is what it is, you know? Definitely the 9-11 terrorist attacks were definitely a tragedy in and itself, you know, and a lot of, uh, unfortunately, a lot of uh, innocent people were uh, killed in a homicidal attack that was uh, created by their own government, which is kind of a scary thought. I don't care, like, even though that's a really controversial thought, you know, The evidence just speaks for itself, man. Like... It totally was an inside job. And the United States government killed their own people... To convince their own people... To manipulate their own people... Into making an unjust war justified. You know, because they wanted money. wanted oil. Right? And because, you know... What we know of history is, you know, if you go against the status quo, bad shit happens, you know, and unfortunately, bad shit happened. But I don't want to go any further, because that's just a whole other can of worms to get into, and I don't like cans of worms. Cans of worms are gross. (laughs) Cans of worms are gross, I like that. (laughs) Fuck, I'm in a good mood today, man. Interesting, though, bro, so, so I was riding my bike around the other day, right, just so people are aware, man, there is some dumb ass motherfuckers walking around, bro, and I mean dumb ass motherfuckers, bro, like, it's actually baffling how stupid people can be, man, so, like, I'm riding my bike, right, and... Normally, I don't, like, post stuff on, like, every now and then, I'll post, like, the odd thing on Facebook, like, me playing guitar or whatever, but I had, uh, I felt that I needed to post on Facebook just because of just how baffling and stupid it was, so I'm riding my bike down, you know, the bike path, right, a lane that's made for uh, cyclists so they don't be on the road, and this dude parks literally, like, in the middle of the walkway for uh, bicycles. And I kind of stop for a minute. And I'm like, is this dude serious? You know, because I'm riding my bike. And I see the guy pull in, and he just stops there. And I'm just like, and he gets out. And then he goes somewhere, and I'm like... What? So I'm just sitting there in bafflement like, I'm not sure if bafflement is a word, but if it isn't, then you can call me stupid, i give you permission. (laughs) But yeah, I'm just sitting there like, what? And I've just noticed, man, there's just been weird shit going on, bro. Weird shit, people been acting funny as fuck, bro. And it's it's interesting, you know, it, it is really interesting, imagine actually having a friend like that, bro, imagine having a friend that literally just does stupid shit all the time. You know, at one point in time, I did have a friend like that. No, no. that's all he ever did, was just stupid shit constantly, and I just couldn't take it anymore, told him, I was like, kind of got to smarten up a little bit, dude, and then, no push come to shove, gets himself in super big trouble, then he almost gets me in big trouble. And then after it all sorted itself out, I was like, yeah, bro, sorry, we're done. You know, it's fun to have funny guys in your life, right? But if it gets to the point where, you know, they're getting you in trouble all the time and they don't really care that they're getting you into trouble all the time, right? It's probably a good idea not to be friends with people like that. You know, because essentially what's going to happen is... Some shit's going to happen. The hammer's going to fall out of the bag. Right? And they're going to bounce and leave you behind. And if you get in shit or you get caught or whatever, they're not coming back for you. Right? They're expecting you to be the fall guy. You know? Which is... Really messed up, but that's just the way some people are, unfortunately, right? That's why um, loyalty, trust, are two key factors in, in, you know, a true friendship for me. No, because for me, the level of friendship that um, I want with somebody. Requires a great deal of, like I said, loyalty and um, trust. You know, because I'm not friends with anybody I don't trust, right? You know, I'm you know, um, because I have a, a really small group of friends. You know, because what I've learned over the years is having really a really big friend group, or at least for me, isn't uh, isn't the best way to. Uh, You know, to actually, like, create bonds with people. Right. Because for me, like, out of all the friend groups that I've had over the years, which is very little. Only, like, two or three people came out of it. You know. And to this day, they're people that, you know, I do trust. You know, and they're people that you know i'm really good with you know just recently like about a month ago or whatever some shit happened which involved buddy guy going after uh one friend's ex behind his back and like all this other shit and I mean long story short my name got thrown around and i got uh involved a little bit and then i was like fuck You know, so I decided, screw it, and I had to let a couple of guys go out of my friend group, you know, just because as soon as somebody violates a level of of trust and loyalty, even if it's not directed at me, but directed at another friend of mine, you know, I instantly drop the person, you know, just because if they do it to somebody like that, then when the moment comes, they're going to do it to me, right? that's not me being paranoid, that's just me being smart, you know. And that's why I just, you know, even though I have some friends that'll still be friends of those people, right, that's not a big deal to me, right. You know, I just don't want to see them around when I schedule a hangout session, right, which is convenient because every time I try to ask people to hang out and shit, Nobody wants to, everyone likes to make excuses and say, oh, well, we can't really, right? But the reason why they don't want to hang out is because I don't want, you know, specific people, specific uh, groups of people around me because of my trust issues. And rightfully so, because a lot of the people that they do hang out with are pieces of shit, but they don't have the backbone to stand up to their own friends, you know, and tell them what's up, Right. Which just rubs off on me the wrong way. Because to me, you know, a true friend is somebody who will stand by your side. But will also stand in front of you. If you fuck up. You know. Because for me, right, like... You know, if somebody's fucking with one of my friends, you know. I'm going to stand by their side, you know. And... That's how I prove that's, you know, that's how I show my loyalty and that's how I show my trust towards them. You know, I'll stand by their side and I'll help them with whatever they need help with, you know, and I'll, you know, I'll defend them if necessary, you know. But if they're up to shit and they're doing stupid shit, you know, I call them out on it too, right? Because a true friend to me is somebody who not only has your back, but also you know, tells you when you're screwing up, you know, because in my eyes, it's me telling you that you know better and that you're a better person than that, you know, because for me, right, when, you know, I call my friends out, you know, it's because I see so much potential in them. Right? And the fact that they act that way and they do stupid shit like that, right? It's just unacceptable to me. Because to me, that's them wasting themselves away. Right? You know and I don't want to see shit like that. Especially to extremely good people. You know? Maximum recording time for segments is 60 minutes. Oh, fuck. Five minutes. Fuck. That's lame. Anyway, but yeah. So... Before I end this podcast... Yeah, just... Honestly, if... Any of them end up listening to this... And they hear me say this... Don't take this the wrong way, guys... But... I'm only looking out for you... And the reason why... You know... Is because unlike those other douchebags... That you hang out with... You know... I actually have your back... You won't see me going behind your back... Doing stupid shit... Right... No, and I don't want to see other people do the same... I don't want to see other people do shit like that to you. Right? Which is why, like... You know, I'll tell my friends, like... Hey, man, like... The dudes... Like, have a backbone, man. Like, have a friggin' backbone. Like, you know what the guy did was wrong. But you refuse to say something to him... Because you don't have a backbone... And you're not man enough to stand up to him. You know, because to your... In your eyes right as long you know as you know you guys have a good time with your when you're drinking right oh he's a good guy this like yeah he's a good guy but he's not a great guy right i think the problem is right is nobody and i mean nobody is going to have a friend like me And true friends should follow that mentality, right? If you are a great friend, man, you put it all on the line, and you're just that good of a person, man, wake up in the morning with this mentality. Nobody is going to have a friend like me, right? And it's the truth, right? Nobody's going to have a friend like me, bro. Nobody is as loyal or as trustworthy as me, you know? And I will challenge anyone, you know? Nobody has the level of respect for an individual than I do, right? Nobody has a level of sincerity and nobody has the level... Fuck, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I just had it, shit. Nobody has the level of integrity that I do. You know, when it comes to other people as well. You know, and that's why I believe that I'm privileged and grateful to have friends. But I believe my friends should be honored and grateful to have a friend like me. You know, that's just my mind. Sorry if it sounds like I'm being an egomaniac. That's not my intention, you know. I'm just, you know, trying to, like, say some insightful shit, you know. But... Yeah, that's just kind of like my, my level of thinking when it comes to terms of friendship, you know, because the length of a friendship, right, is truly something to, that is unique, depending on how it happens, you know, because like, I'll have a couple of friends that will call me every now and then just to see how I'm doing, right, which is which is good, but uh, one minute, so, okay, I got one minute left, anyway, uh, sorry, so, unfortunately, that's all, uh, I have for this episode, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in, uh, this is a good episode, um, you know, once again, I'm really appreciative and thankful, you know, for, uh, my friends, my family, and more importantly, other people who watched the, uh, the newly made podcast, really means a lot to me, and, um, you know, I'm kind of got my uh, schedule mixed up in terms of, like, when I upload videos, so like I said, for now, it's just whenever I upload a video, right, but I will be uploading, and I will continue to upload for you guys as long as you stay interested, right, but anyway, thank you everyone for tuning in, hope you guys have a great night, it, and doesn't matter who you are, where you come from. Everyone deserves to be loved, and everyone deserves respect. Because you matter, and everyone else matters. Have a good night, everybody.